Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is 1 Timothy 5. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, we pray that we would be wise, that we would not be prejudiced, showing partiality, but that we would do things honorably when we are dealing with people, that we would understand the right way we pray for your wisdom. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. 1 Timothy 5 Do not rebuke an older man, but appeal to him as a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, with all purity. Honor widows who are truly widows. But if any widow has children or grandchildren, they must learn to show profound respect for their own household first and to pay back recompense to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. But the widow who is one truly and is left alone has put her hope in God and continues in her petitions and prayers night and day. But the one who lives for sensual pleasure is dead even though she lives. And command these things in order that they may be irreproachable, But if someone does not provide for his own relatives, and especially the members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Let a widow be put on the list if she is not less than sixty years old, the wife of one husband, being well attested by good works, if she has brought up children, if she has shown hospitality, if she has washed the feet of the saints, if she has helped those who are oppressed, if she has devoted herself to every good work. But refuse younger widows, for whenever their physical desires lead them away from Christ, they want to marry, thus incurring condemnation because they have broken their former pledge. And at the same time also, going around from house to house, they learn to be idle, and not only idle, but also gossipy and busybodies, saying things that are not necessary. Therefore I want younger widows to marry, to bear children, to manage a household, to give the adversary no opportunity for reproach. For already some have turned away and followed after Satan. If any believing woman has widows, she must help them, and the church must not be burdened in order that it may help those who are truly widows. The elders who lead well must be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor by speaking and teaching. For the scripture says, You must not muzzle an ox while it is threshing, and the worker is worthy of his wages. Do not accept an accusation against an elder, except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. Reprove those who sin in the presence of all, in order that the rest also may experience fear. I testify solemnly before God and Christ Jesus and the elect angels that you observe these things without prejudice, doing nothing according to partiality. Lay hands on no one hastily, and do not participate in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. No longer drink only water, but use a little wine for your stomach and your frequent illnesses. The sins of some people are evident, preceding them to judgment, but for some also they follow after them. Likewise also good works are evident, and those considered otherwise are not able to be hidden. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. In this chapter, Paul deals with people that the church supports. 
He starts out generally saying how to relate to all the members of the church, to treat them as family, fathers, brothers, mothers, and sisters. Then he focuses on widows. He says that if a widow has a believing family, they should take care of her. Paul says that the work of a widow is to pray to God night and day. Society tends to think that an older widow is useless. Paul says that she has a prayer work to do. If she is living for her pleasures, then she is dead. But if she is focusing on prayers, then she is not only alive but doing a great work. Paul mentions a list. It seems that if a widow was put on the list, then the church is agreeing to take care of her. It seems that this may involve the woman promising to devote themselves to prayer. So not quite the idea of hiring her for a position of prayer ministry, but it seems like this is not a casual thing. Paul gives some qualities for this position. She has to be at least 60 years old and have been married to one husband. Like the qualifications for overseers and deacons, I believe that a woman whose first husband dies and then she remarries would still qualify. A woman would not qualify who had been unfaithful to her husband or divorced and remarried. And she has to have lived a life of doing good work. Paul tells Timothy not to put a younger widow on the list because they may change their mind and decide to get married. Or they will spend their time gossiping and getting into other people's business instead of focusing on prayer. So he recommends that younger women remarry and manage a family. Paul repeats, that if there are believers in a woman's family, they should be taking care of the widow rather than putting that burden on the church. Then Paul moves on to paying elders. Paul says that elders who are doing a good work for the church should be able to be paid for that work. When we read chapter 3, I mentioned how the words elder, overseer, and pastor are interchangeable for this position in the church. But some people think that in this context the word elder may apply to both overseers and deacons because he mentions especially those who labor by speaking and teaching, which seems to be an integral part of the overseer's job based on the requirement that they be able to teach. So perhaps when he says elder here, he does mean both overseers and deacons. Then Paul moves on to what to do about the accusations against an elder. People who are leaders tend to have more accusations against them. So Paul says it must be at least two witnesses. You shouldn't just believe everything people suggest. But if you have two or three witnesses, then it establishes that there is a problem that needs to be dealt with. He says that they need to be reproved publicly in that case. Then Paul gives Timothy some instructions about carrying this out. He says... He needs to do this without prejudice or partiality. He needs to keep his own personal likes and dislikes out of these decisions. Paul says not to lay hands on someone hastily. The lay hands means to appoint them to a position. It seems that it was the practice of the early church to put their hands on a person and pray for them when appointing them to a position. So Paul says, don't jump into that. Take some time to make sure it is the right decision, because otherwise you end up responsible for the problem that appointment causes. Paul says that it is obvious that some people are sinning, but sometimes it takes a little while to find out. But sooner or later, it will become obvious. I think this is an explanation of why Timothy shouldn't be too hasty to appoint someone to such a position. Between these verses, there's an interesting instruction in verse 23. 
No longer drink only water, but use a little wine for your stomach and your frequent illnesses. It seems to be out of context here, but perhaps this is a modifier of the end of the previous verse, verse 22. Lay hands on no one hastily, and do not participate in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. So perhaps Paul thinks that Timothy will take the idea of keeping himself pure too far, and Paul wants him to use a little wine for his health, which Timothy might not do, thinking it was a way of keeping pure. And now for a deeper dive. Timothy is being given some major responsibilities here to appoint people to positions in the church. I don't think typically God intends for this to be the responsibility of a single person, but Paul is giving Timothy some guidelines so that he can be successful. And like I mentioned at the beginning of this book, I think this is both a letter directed to Timothy, but also a public letter so that others will support Timothy in this work. Paul tells Timothy to do this without prejudice, doing nothing according to partiality. We naturally are inclined toward certain people. Perhaps they think along the same lines as we do. And so we might be inclined to let them get away with more than others. Or we might put them ahead of others who are similarly qualified, but just don't appeal to us personally as much. Paul says that Timothy has to avoid partiality. Having said that, I don't think that these qualities that Paul has given in this letter are a hard set of rules that we are to blindly follow. Appointing someone to a position takes wisdom. You will never find a perfect elder or a perfect widow. What if someone did something ten years ago that was sinful? Does that disqualify them now? Well, it might. Or it might not. It takes wisdom. But it is easy to call partiality wisdom when it is just partiality. It is just what appeals to us. This is not easy. And maybe the instruction about drinking a little wine is actually a metaphor here. That we can err, not only on the side of drinking too much wine, but also on the side of drinking none and getting none of the benefit. Fortunately, I think we can get help from our fathers, brothers, mothers, and sisters in the congregation in making good decisions. And most of all, these decisions require a lot of prayer to God. Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible, copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexum is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.